What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Let's Talk Movies. I'm Brad. I'm Miguel. And tonight, in the 37th episode of our show, we're talking Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City's first official screen grabs, a new deal which has the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2021 heading straight to Netflix, the lineup for DC Fandom on October 16th, what we watched this week, plus a whole bunch more. We've got a new setup, a new look, and we would like to welcome you to episode number 37 of Let's Talk Movies. Keep that new look though, right? Yeah, right. New look. <laughs> <Shoot>. <laughs> So we've been working on this yeah. for a while. We have a new look. Um, we're using a new platform as well. We were using Zoom before, and I was editing the crap out of everything we did. But I think this is going to be a little bit easier to do. Yeah, I think so, too. And also, <laughs> that intro, dude, it feels like a commercial. You know how, like, whatever, like, I don't know if any of y'all have been on TV, but, like, when you're on TV, and then like, they say, like, okay, you're going to talk, talk, talk. All right, then we're going to go to commercial break. And like, you have to wait there and watch every single commercial until you get yeah. on. It's fucking ridiculous. Definitely. But yeah, this is going to be fun, yeah. guys. It is going to be a good one. I dig the new background. I was trying to figure out it, it, if you can't really even see, it's a, let me show you. If you're watching on YouTube, it is, it's basically the lobby of a, a retro movie theater. You got your snack line, you got your posters. It's pretty dope. All so. the right things for your nostalgic, uh, <coughs> right? For your nostalgic pleasure, people. Mm, there you so, go. How you doing today, man? It's eleven o'clock, and on Labor Day, I'm pissing them up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Happy Labor Day, everybody. Yeah, Happy Labor Day. We're guys. actually doing this the day of, which is kind of strange for us because we usually record. We usually record like two or three days in advance, but we're doing this one like literally. It is what it is eleven thirty three on Labor Day morning. That we're yeah. Doing this, so. Yeah. And we usually so we are so night. we are working, you know. Technically, we are working. We're working. We usually we usually record late at night when we're slightly intoxicated and tired. But right now, I'm just drinking water, and we are uh, just enjoying this nice, relaxing Labor Day. I slept in until about eight thirty today. Yeah, Not really, and I'm over eight. here drinking a uh, good old <coughs> bang. Miguel is really trying to get banged to start my morning. Please sponsor us, bang. <laughs> I drink enough of your products as is. You're the reason why I came back to fucking energy drink. So, yeah, just fucking sponsor me, man. He's trying to get that sponsor. Yeah, boy. Ain't we all trying to get sponsored? Duh. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Even though I don't even drink energy drink. So, that'd be all on you. Yeah. Um, Big show tonight. We're talking uh, Texas Chainsaw. There's some weird news about that. I don't... scares me. Um, We're going to talk about the lineup for DC Fandom, which Mm -hmm. is happening on October 16th. Uh, we're going to talk about um, the Resident Evil. We got the uh, the first official screenshots of um, of Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City, and I'm we're not happy about it, guys. I'm, I'm not, not unhappy about it, but I'm also not we're, like thrilled. Like I'm not as excited as I was. Yeah, we're cautious and about it right now. I'm very, I am very cautiously optimistic about Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City. Precisely. Like I want it. Okay, I, I want, want it to movie. be good. There's been too many. Resident Evil has been misses for a long time. 
There hasn't I don't been a know hit. if I'd say it's misses. It just it. I really enjoyed the first two, like Resident Evil from two thousand two and Apocalypse from two thousand four were really good. Like I genuinely enjoyed them. But when Extinction, I enjoyed Extinction. I enjoyed them all. But when Extinction happened, I was kind of like, okay, we are really deviating from the game. <laughs> like yeah. we are, we're really going in a different direction than than I thought we were going to go. So. But it's okay. So yeah, my, I mean, at least at least they're going like directly <clears throat> into the game. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're not they're not fair. like they're not like creating a different story, so to speak. Right. But I don't know. It's like I don't know. We'll talk about it when we get to it. We will. We'll get there. Yeah. We'll we'll get there in a little bit. Um before we do any of that, we usually talk about what we watched this week, but I can tell you what I did not watch last week or this week. I am now two episodes behind on The Walking Dead, and I'm very upset with myself about it. I have not watched the last two. I watched the premiere and then I have been lazy and I didn't watch them the next two, which is weird for me because I'm I'm a huge Walking Dead guy, but I just haven't I didn't do it. Yeah, big so. rip because this is the last season. I'd be I, I figured you'd probably be uh, on this like a lot. Honestly, when we're done with this, I'm probably going to um I'll probably take go out there while well, I'll get this uploading to YouTube and stuff and then I'll uh, I'll take that gander and I'll watch it. All so. right. All right, let me know how it goes because I I had removed my subscription from AMC. Have you? Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> Doug, I'm telling you, I'm a, I went on I went on a subscription purge, man. You know what I mean? You, know you have been that? talking about that, wanting to get rid of some of them that like you didn't use. Yeah, exactly. And one of them was The Walking Dead, which really pissed me off. Was uh, I did that like two or three months before the oh, wow. uh, show the show came out. Yeah. I was like, "Fuck me, man! I'm probably gonna have to like get back on this later." But hey, at least I le- at least I saved like thirty bucks, I guess. That's fair. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, what else did you watch this week? Well, we had, we actually shared a watch this week. Yeah, we wa- we shared a watch, guys. We shared a watch. A watch, like what you like time, like we yeah. both wore that watch together. Yeah, simultaneously. The fuck is wrong with you, man? <laughs> um, Miguel came over on Saturday, and we watched Halloween 2018. And that was a good time. We didn't do a commentary, and I kind of, I, I almost wish we would have, but we have some coming down the pipe that I want to. We're trying to save that for closer to kills, but um, yeah, it was a good time. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, um, <coughs> I saw something like on Facebook. Mm-hmm. It was like, um, you know, one Halloween movie for every day of the month of ho- mm-hmm. of uh, October, and yeah. then I like immediately thought like, yo, we just need to like do something like that, but instead. Uh, Brad's wife was like, why don't you just come over and we'll watch a Halloween movie? And then I was like, all right, sure. So we did that. And I was not expecting, here's what I was expecting. I was expecting dinner. Okay. Some laughs. And then we'll just watch like a Halloween themed movie. And in my head, I was thinking, yeah, in my head, I was thinking like, hey, we're probably just going to watch like Hocus Pocus or Return to Halloween Town or any of the other franchises. But no, uh, we let Julia pick, and this woman, <laughs> this woman picked Halloween 2018. I married, I married the right woman. I mean, what can I say? She I said, did. "Yeah, I think it'll be fun." I was like, "Okay, okay." I've literally been, I've literally been, had my triple dose of Halloween. What do you <laughs> we mean? We talk about Halloween a lot. You know what I mean? We have been talking, yeah, and yeah. we're we're not really going to talk about Halloween kills any this episode because there's, I mean, there's not really anything new. Um, yeah. Other than the the second trailer did it did 
leak on YouTube, but I tweeted about this the other day. It's not really, um, it's not really a leak because the studio it's playing in movie theaters. Like if a mm. studio releases something in theaters to play in front of candy, I think it's playing in front of Candyman. Like it's not candy really man. a leak. It's not. No, it's not a leak. Like it's they're they're theater. releasing it. It's out there. It's not nothing leaked. If you don't want to watch it, don't watch it. Like that's it, you know. Um, but anyways, I you know Halloween 2018. Honestly, I remember I went and saw that on. I saw it opening weekend with, and I went with my parents. It was my mom's first Halloween movie experience, and I mean, my dad and I, you know, were huge fans. But we, I remember when the movie ended, I was really disappointed, and I don't even know why. Like I was just like I was kind of like. I thought it was going to be the last time we saw Michael and I thought he they just killed him off like that. And I was kind of like bummed, but I think that movie has grown on me more and more every single time I've watched it since knowing that he's going to come back. Well, not, I mean, yes, but not even just that. Like I, I've appreciated the little things they did more and more. Like I, I it took me, I saw it twice in the theater. And then like when I bought it, I mean, I've probably seen it six times we saw julia's first time we went it was playing at the drive-in in in bourbon county in kentucky and they uh we went and saw that they they were playing halloween 18 and then scream the original scream um back to back so we went and watched um no it was a nightmare on elm street because she she fell asleep during a nightmare on elm street (laughs) which is ironic but um she thought it was boring but she loved halloween 2018 so that was kind of a cool that was pretty neat. That was good. That was a good moment where it was like, I'm going to marry this girl. Yep. Well, we were already married, so. Oh, uh, well, never mind then. <laughs> I made um, the right choice. Yeah. And it was really cool because, you, you know, Michael, I got to say, he he was pretty scary again. Like, it wasn't anything earth shattering, but I think he, that movie did what it needed to do. And I think it, I don't know why it took me so long to realize it. I didn't hate it when I saw it originally. It just. It didn't it didn't have the impact on me that I thought it would, but like the more and more I've watched it, the more and more I've come to appreciate it. Okay, that that's fair. Sense. That's fair. So I mean, yeah. I mean the Halloween 2018 movie was good for what it was, I guess. I mean I think kills will be better. Oh, I'm sure. But uh it was just the hot the way Brad kept saying it, or no, it wasn't even Brad that was kept saying it. It was it was his wife. He was she was saying a, she was telling Brad she was like Miguel, Brad, why are you not recording this? Because <laughs> the commentary was pretty fucking funny. It was right? funny. I'm not we were lie. we were laughing. There were a couple points we were really really laughing. Yeah, they just started. There's a certain point <laughs> in that movie where I was just I was just cracking up. I couldn't stop laughing. And I'm sure you guys, if you guys have seen Halloween 2018, too. you guys will know what I'm talking about. It's fucking gold. <clears throat> it was good. Yeah. <clears throat> I do not have COVID, by the way. I was just tested a couple days ago, and I'm coughing, but I'm just, it's its allergies and gunk and crap. No, it's not. I promise it's not. Um, I've also, weird, I don't even know why, like the end of August, I've been on a huge Harry Potter kick. We're gonna That's finish. just a fall thing, dude. Don't, don't, okay. don't give me that but shit. I'm, okay, don't I'm give me that not... shit. It's a fall thing. Fuck out of here! I am Every single fall, the, the Harry second guy. the second a leaf falls from a tree, where's the Harry Potter? 
where's the Harry Potter uh series? Where is it? We need, we need a, yeah. <laughs> That's usually how it goes. And you know what? I'm yeah, there's no complaints. No complaints from me whatsoever. Usually I just understand, sure? I just know for a fact. I just know for a fact. Like the second the leaves fall, Harry Potter is just a fall thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I don't know. We were talking about it last night because we're watching them through, and I I haven't even brought this up to you yet, but surprise, I want to do commentaries for all of them. I think that'd be fun. Oh. And I was like, well, maybe we can do that, like, start at the end of October and go, like, to the beginning of December, something like that. Do, like, a commentary series for that, if we want. I don't know. Yeah, sure. I'm down for that. I've just been on a kick of them, and I, I haven't actually... I haven't watched them all the way through again in years. I mean, I remember seeing them in the movie theater. I loved them. I mean, I really liked it. I've never read the books. I know people are like, die. I own a book, but, but I, I haven't do. read it. I do own. I own three of them, maybe. I own so, one of them. I we did talk about this. The We did talk about this. The audiobooks are on YouTube, and I might. I have like an hour drive to work, so I might. Start listening to them on my way to work. Why not? Is that I don't know. Same? I'm just, like it's like wonder. a random obsession with me right now. It's like, I'm really into Harry Potter right now. And I don't is know it going to be like, is it, is it like, uh, is it like one of those audiobooks where it's like the voice actors, like Daniel no, Radcliffe not, and all that? That would be dope, but it's not yeah. that I've found, no. There's a fun fact. <laughs> uh, if those of you that have watched uh, The Trial of Chicago 8, if I'm not mistaken, on Netflix, you guys know what I'm talking about? It's like this big old uh trial that happened after a riot and like you know the government was trying to like make some like uh they're trying to make a showbiz like trial trying to like make a point or make a make a point of like don't do this or else this will happen to you kind of thing. And mm. the trial was just fucking bonkers. The movie itself doesn't uh present the absolute madness that happened in that trial and uh I I heard somewhere that if you want to actually know what happened in it, read or listen to the audiobook of legitimate transcripts of that trial. Because obviously, you know, mm. any type of court session has transcripts of everything that's been said. Right. And um, they have it in an audiobook format. And the different people that are reading it are actors. So, like, the judge is J.K. Simmons, which is pretty dope. And that is pretty uh, cool. Who else? There's a couple other people that I don't recognize right 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 now, but the audiobooks of that trial just sounds pretty dope to listen to. Yeah. Because if you guys know about the trial of uh, Chicago Eight, I'm probably butchering that, but yeah, man, that was, that that was a wild trial, and the movie itself doesn't really do it all that justice. It does to a certain degree, but I feel like the 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 transcript and audiobook format with all those people, mm-hmm. it sounds pretty dope to watch or That's listen cool. to. Man, J.K. Simmons is a judge. That's terrifying. J.K. Simmons is a judge. Can you <laughs> imagine that? Terrifying. That is fucking awesome. You got I Jameson. You Simmons. got uh, what's his name in Whiplash? Um, oh God, what Neiman? is his name? No, that's the kid. No, Neiman's the kid. Um, I don't. I think I know what you're is. talking about. What's if I can name? find him, find it. Find his name for me. Which, by the way, guys, the two of us, we love Whiplash. Oh, yeah. We're music we people. Of course love, we love yeah. Whiplash. What is his name? He's a dick in that movie. Like, royal oh, is he? douchebag. Oh, J.K. Simmons? 
the, the, the band director? You just said you love Whiplash. You know which one that is. I'm sorry. I'm currently trying to do this dual screen thing on my fucking oh. computer, and it's giving me hell. So I'm literally just trying to multitask right now. My God, let me see. But if you guys haven't seen Whiplash, you guys need to check it out. It's one of those like, it's, I think it was like an Oscar-winning movie, right? Uh, I don't know if it correct. won an Oscar, but um, but it was like a it was like a highly like Fletcher. That's oh. his name, Terrence Fletcher in Whiplash. Yeah, he J.K. Simmons plays a, a director of a jazz band at like a prestigious music school or whatever. And he is like he's abusive. Like he is literally every version of the word abusive to his students. Um, he's a dick. It's, it's a really good movie. He plays a good part. Yeah, um, it's it's a pretty dope movie. I'm re- I'm also really excited to have him back as Jameson too. In no way. Home. Oh like, yeah, that, well, that's my gonna thing be is, awesome, man. My thing is, is like I'm kind of upset that they um, turned him to like a web conspiracy theorist. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a little strange. It's a little too, weird. But it kind of like um, they're trying to reminiscent. It's reminiscent of uh, he's got a podcast. The guy from uh, I know, just like a shout out. He's like the the um, what's his name? Fear Factor dude. The Joe. He's like the Joe Rogan of the. <laughs> no, JJ. No, he's nothing like that. He's he's the Infowars guy. You know Alex Jones. You remember him? No, I don't remember. You don't that. know who? You don't remember who Alex Jones is? He was a guy that was like all about conspiracy theorists, and he would he would yell and do this and point at you and say they're coming for your children and like all that shit. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it I is. Think, I think I might know. I think I've seen clips. I've never listened to him really, but yeah, like um, literally, literally pull up, pull up, literally a video, uh, pull up a picture of Infowars Alex Jones, and then put a picture of. J, uh, J. Joe Jameson's <laughs> website. And, and I promise you, it is the exact same thing. <sighs> it's spot on. So yeah, that's where they got it from. That's cool. I guess it's matching up with the times. Because I mean, people don't read people don't read fucking magazines. They're on podcasts and stuff like that. People barely even read newspapers anymore. They really you know? don't. They really. Don't. I know a lot and of people that was like do, the thing. But... Yeah, I think people do. It's more of like a. I think it's turning into like a bigger city thing. Like. Like the New York Times, or you know, in the in Chicago or L.A. or Miami or something like you know, I don't know. It might be something like that. But. It's just for nostalgic feeling, dude. I remember when we lived in Florida, the um, the West Palm Beach News was, I kid you not, it was like a novel. It was that thick. I mean, it was like, it was like an inch thick of the Palm Beach Post was literally like an inch thick newspaper. Damn, son, it was huge. But you got to remember that county has more people living in it than the state of Kentucky does. So, like, I mean, yeah, <laughs> a lot more news. <laughs> a lot Damn, more son, I bet the obituary was fucking long in that bitch. Uh, by the way, this is completely unrelated, kind of related to the whole Jameson thing. Another strange, like, weird obsession that I've had lately. Do you remember? The Spider-Man game from 2000, the PS1 Activision game. Vaguely, there was a lot of Spider-Man. I've games been I on a weird kick of watching a run through of that. I remember when that game came out. I are you talking about the actual like uh, movie, like Spider-Man? Game? No, this was before the move. This was before the Tobey Maguire movies. 2001. This was before that, yeah. Let me see if I can find it. 
Um, they, those those always piss me off, so to speak. Nowadays, because when it shows them swinging, it shows them swinging without the webs attaching to a fucking building. You know what I mean? Yeah, it did. He was swinging from the sky. You couldn't. Yeah, I kept thinking in my head. Ground. I kept thinking in my um, head. I was like, "This dude's swinging on what fucking water balloon, weather balloons, or something like that." Yeah, let me let me show you this. <laughs> I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, me, yeah. It was like the it was like the call. It was like the Jesus. Yeah, like look at that. Look at Venom. Oh Honestly, dude, that was a great incarnation of Venom. It really was. Like that was the Venom's voice. Um, the way he he was kind of stupid. <laughs> like he kind of acted dumb. Like there's a scene where him and um, first of all they know who each other are. Like Peter knows that it's Eddie Brock, and Eddie Brock knows that it's Peter. And they Venom and Peter like are working together for like a lot of the game, and. Um, like there's a moment where uh, I don't remember there. There's a moment where they're what are they doing? Um, they're trying to take down Carnage, I think. They're trying, yeah. They're trying to take down Carnage and Doc Ock, and Venom is sitting up on a roof, and Spider Man's walking around, and he's like, "So what are we gonna do? We got to come up with a plan or whatever." And Venom is like, "I have a plan." Uh, Venom is Doc. like the Mighty Thor, and he's like the Submariner, and Spider Man's like, "Are you stupid?" And he goes, "Wait, don't answer that." And Venom's like, "Oh." It's like he says like stupid crap, but it's that was a fun game, dude. And you can tell that was before a lot of like that was when Marvel had sold the rights to everything and it was all still like lumped together before they sold out to make like the Fantastic Four movies and the Tobey Maguire movies, mm -hmm. X-Men stuff like there were so many random characters in that game. Like Daredevil shows up at one point. All of the Spider-Man villains are in there. Black Cat is helping him at the beginning. Captain America picks them up at the end in the Avengers jet. Like, it was just like, what? Like, where did any of this come from? The Fantastic, the Baxter building is in it. Like, it was just really random. But I've been I've been watching run-throughs of that game because it's like it's a weird nostalgic thing for me. Because I remember playing. I thought that you don't game. like watching run-throughs. See, look, he got on my case for watching run-throughs and like gameplay. Okay. No, 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 no. This is oh, a game yeah, I've shit. played before. You watch run-throughs of new games so that you don't have to play it. Also, so I don't have to spend the money to buy a fucking <laughs> I, this PS5. Is game I don't have to like dig through the trenches. Times. I don't have to fight someone to buy a PS5 and then buy the game and all that shit. You know how much money I'm saving by just going on YouTube? Fair. I still have played cheap. Resident Evil 8 and I'm kind of dying inside, but it's okay. Do you have the game? No. Oh. Since we started the podcast, dude. I have less time. I watch less movies and TV and play less video games than I did before. <laughs> wow. Way to throw yourself under the bus, my guy. <laughs> it's okay. It's time. Hopefully, we'll, we'll save more time with this new platform. So, it'd be true. Yeah. I always what feel you... bad because I'll ask Brad. Sometimes I'll text Brad. I'll be like, hey, Brad, what are you doing? He says, I'm editing. I was like, editing? It's fucking 1030 at night. <laughs> Literally all I just said, what are we doing here, guys? Um, I always felt bad because after this is over, I literally just move on with the, with my day. And then Brad just moves on and does more editing. <laughs> it's I go like, back to work. <laughs> yeah, you go back. Yeah, sucking it up. Yeah. Um, what did you watch this week? I saw Halloween. That's all you watched this week was H18? No. Well, guys, uh, we can talk. Have you seen uh, the new What If? 
I'm super behind on What If too. I need to watch Fuck The Walking you. Dead and I need to watch What If. I'm really behind. I've I only watched the first one with um Agent Carter. That was the only What If episode I've seen. Bro, that's the first one. I know. I haven't I haven't watched the rest of them. Oh my goodness, man. They're they're getting they're getting pretty dark. If you ask me. I know. I need to. I'm waiting for the zombie one, dude. I'm that's excited. This Wednesday. Is it this coming Wednesday? It's this coming Wednesday. They just posted Dope. pictures, posters for the the new ones. It Dope. showed um Captain America. Yeah, I did see the poster. And the and the new one that I just saw was Hawkeye zombie. Dope. So that's pretty dope. And uh, yeah, damn, I because I, I wanted to talk about it. The Doctor Strange one, the Doctor Strange one, when it becomes like the you can't, you're not. It's okay. Like I'm fine if you spoil that for me. Like I'm not gonna. I don't really care about that. Okay, well, this is it was the first time because you know the whole like big thing with the Watcher, Watu, and uh, he uh, he keeps saying like I will not, shall not, and couldn't or could not intervene. Mm-hmm. This nigga intervenes in Doctor Strange. <laughs> Does he really? No, he doesn't really. Oh. But you actually, but you actually, he actually like talks to Doctor Strange at the end. Really? Like Doctor Strange had just fucked up. He is, he is, he, like he is on the brink of destroying the act, the whole universe. Really? And uh, Doctor Strange, out of nowhere, out of nowhere, says, "You, you, I know you, and I've read, I've read about you. I've seen you." Um, I need your help. And then all of a sudden, Watu just pops up and be like, bitch, how? <laughs> but then you know it, it's so it's so sad because it was literally like, it was literally getting to the end and everything that he's done did not work. And he's, the way the premise goes, I'm sure you know the way the premise is. Uh, it was going to be the night. It's basically like, what if Doctor Strange lost his heart instead of his hand? Meaning, what if he lost uh, his girlfriend? Oh. Yeah, I forgot what her name is. Oh. Yeah, and uh, so, you know, they're going, they're driving to the award show, but then all of a sudden they get, they get in a crash. They get in a crash, and then when they, when Doctor Strange wakes up, she unfortunately passed, so he becomes, he starts searching for a way to bring her back. And that's huh. how she. That's how he became uh, Doctor Strange, and it pushes through the narrative. That is kind of like, dark. Yeah, it pushes through the narrative. You know, pretty normally, like he he does fight Drumamu, he does make mm-hmm. the bargain and all that, and he does become the Sorcerer Supreme, and he does get the Eye of Agamotto. But the moment where it changes was when Doctor Strange was deciding whether or not to go back in time, use the Eye of Agamotto to use the 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 time stone to go back in time to see what he can do to prevent this but the problem mm-hmm. was um that's what made him become doctor strange right yeah it made him become doctor strange but at the same time her death was what they called a pivotal death meaning like her death needed to happen mm-hmm. for everything to move in motion like there was nothing right. he could have done but there is a way back then, like a long time ago, that could change a pivotal pivotal death. And Doctor Strange ended up trying to find that power. And like literally um the Sorcerer Supreme like came back 
after mm-hmm. her death and tried to like stop him and uh it became a multiverse kind of thing like two variants so it was dr strange versus the sorcerer supreme dr strange oh, so that was cool. pretty dope that's yeah. pretty cool and then uh yeah it was it was pretty fucking dope and it was so sad too like it was really fucking sad because when it when it when he went back in time I I can't even count how many times he tried to go back in time because it did every single scene. Like it showed every single mm-hmm. time he tried to do something different. He took a different exit. He just stayed at he just stayed in the uh, hotel. Uh, he didn't even bother to pick her up. He just stayed at a bar. Like every single choice he made, it ended up in her death. Like that's some wow. fucked up shit right there. That is pretty. And, that's pretty bad. Yeah, like that. That that'll mess you up. And wow. uh, so, yeah, it went back. He ended up, you know, stopping her death, but in doing so, breaks the reality. So he's trying to stop this reality from breaking, and all of a sudden he ends up having a conversation with Watu, the Watcher. And Watu was fucking savage. Watu was like, even if I was a god and I could punish you, I should not. You did this. And went away. <laughs> I was like, damn. I was like, damn, Watu. You really don't care about any of those people over there. He literally said, fuck them kids. <laughs> Have you seen the whole theory about the Watcher actually being Stan Lee? That, like, there's, Stan there's Lee, no way, like, it's, like, there's no way Watu is Stan Lee. I know, I know but like, based on I know himself, Stan Lee. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know the, 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 the theory that Stan Lee could be a Watcher. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I could, I like that theory. I think that would be dope, and it's actually—I think it's confirmed too. If I'm not—if I'm not mistaken, and Guards of the Galaxy Two, whenever they're uh, uh, jumping through portals, they jump through a place where it had the Watchers, and then it had uh, uh, Stan Lee, and he's talking about him being uh, a uh, mailman. Which, really? whenever he was a mailman, he was in Fantastic Four. Like the one with, uh, oh, you're right. Jessica no, but Alba. wasn't he? Wasn't he? A, he was a he FedEx driver. He wasn't the doorman. He was a he was a FedEx driver for you know to give the package to Tony Stank. The doorman was something else. The doorman was something else. Yeah, or was but he? He, the he talked about Fantastic I think, Four. I don't remember. Yeah, but I think uh, I think he was a mailman for. I think he said he was a mailman mm. in that scene. Okay, but I like the theory that he is a a watcher because you know it just immortalizes him man let's be honest okay. r.i.p Stan Lee. yeah so but yeah pretty dark episode man i'm not gonna lie it ends I need to watch that that sounds it, cool it ends the way you think it ends like it just everything goes black and then the credits roll i was like the fuck did i just watch <laughs> <laughs> the hell <laughs> i was literally thinking that i was like well there, there goes that universe Cool. And actually, <laughs> cool. Let me think. It was, it was okay. So it was Carter, it was Black Panther, and then it was the Avengers, and then oh, it yeah. was, and then it was uh Doctor Strange. Like the last, ever since Carter, ever since Carter, it's been pretty dark, because with, because with uh. With the Black Panther with uh, T'Challa, uh, Ego finds Peter Quill, and he he does he does end up you know combining powers like 
Watu pretty much says, this sounds like it's going to be the end of the world for this universe, blah, 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 blah. And then um, wow, the other one was with the Avengers, where they all just pretty much died, and Loki becomes the ruler of the world. Loki and then, uh, huh? Loki? Yeah. Damn, I'm spoiling the entire thing for you now. It's I'm okay. It make, it's me making me want to watch it even more. Yeah. Well, so, it made it. It made him. I need to catch uh, up. Yeah, it made him the ruler of the world. And then with uh, Doctor Strange, yeah, the universe just breaks. Yeah, I really so. need to catch up. They're 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 pretty they're pretty dope, man. Which is why yeah. I'm excited for this one too, because this is gonna be the epitome of dark. Yeah, we're gonna get like a zombie cap. Like yeah. some shit's gonna go down. I'm so su- I'm such a zombie fan, anyways. I honestly that's the one I've been like most excited for is for the the Marvel zombies one. That's I just wish it wasn't. I just wish it wasn't. You know, thirty minutes or so. You know what I mean? Like these like, are short. If episodes. it was like an hour. Yeah, that'd be dope, especially yeah. for the zombie one, man. Zombie one's such a good um, storyline, and there's mm-hmm. so many complex uh, side stories. It's the Spider-Man one alone, like Zombie Spider-Man, is pretty fucking sad. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they, they, they there's just so much opportunity for that one, but I guess they just wanted to do something else. Right, it'll be good. Yeah. Alrighty, um, what you want to talk? What do you, what? Blah, 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 what what you want to talk? What you want to talk first? Do you want to talk Texas Chainsaw? You want to talk DC Fandom, Resident Evil? Which direction you want to go? Pick your poison, my dear. I could keep talking about what if, honestly. No. <laughs> let's 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 go let's go to Resident Evil, man. Let's go to Resident. Maybe City. I'll tell you what. When we when we finish, um, one when, when maybe when the series is over, we'll do a big episode and we'll talk about all the different what if episodes. Okay, we'll Dad. Just have like a multiverse celebration type deal. Okay, Dad. Although this channel's already, and this show has already become a multiverse celebration because we talk about it like Constantly. all the friggin' time. Um, so, what do you want to do? Let's go to Raccoon City. All right. Let's talk Resident Evil Raccoon City. Let me get to. Um, let me get to this screen. All right. Resident Evil, welcome to Raccoon City. So. We got the first official screen grabs the other day and a new interview with Johannes Roberts, who or Johannes Roberts. I forgive me if I'm saying that wrong, um, who's the director of the movie. And we talked about this a while ago. Like we talked about the fact that they wanted to make this movie like a flat out callback to the original uh, to the original games. I mean, and I was really excited for that. I was like, cool. Like I love as much as I love the Paul W.S. Anderson movies. And how different they were. And I kind of commend them for doing something really different. And for taking like all of the source material. And like just throwing everything at the wall. I was really excited until I saw until I saw these pictures. Because I'm not going to lie. <laughs> they I don't know. Weird. I'm not condemning it yet. I'm not. I mean I saw people on Twitter that were like. F this movie I'm done. Like I'm not even throwing my money away to go see. It. Like I'm not there yet. But. I'm a little, I'm a little freaked out now. So, uh, let let's do the pictures first. So, before we even read anything, let's let's take a look at the pictures. So, number one, <laughs> we have Leon here. I forget who is playing him. We got Leon, and I know obviously this is Claire. 
Um, first of all, he doesn't. Does he look like a Leon to you, bro? Bro, bro. I want you to know right now. Can can, can okay? We're gonna we're gonna test this thing out. We're gonna test this new platform out. Look up Victorious. Okay. Look up what? Look up Victorious. Okay, guys. You see that picture? This reminds me of the Victorious show because he's that guy is in that movie. And uh, that scene, those two right there, they look like the, the two couples that are dating in that movie, in that show. It's fucking hilarious now, now that I think of it. Are you wanting me to screen share, Victorious? No, it's fine. But like, if you guys know, if you guys know what I'm talking about, if you've seen Victorious. I'm not familiar with that. Let me think. Uh, yeah, okay. So his name is Beck. His name is Beck, the guy who plays uh, Leon in this. And uh, who else? Jade. So it's uh, Beck and Jade. These two look like Beck and Jade, like older. It's fucking hilarious because Jade pretty much uh, dresses up pretty gothic like her. Mm-hmm. Like uh, like her. And it's fucking hilarious now that I'm looking at it. Yeah, it's great. It's I don't great. know. Dude, the fact I'm... that I can think of that. I'm really, really torn because like part of me, like now that I'm looking at it, like really like the characters. I think there's a reason that like video game adaptations are so hard because it's hard to take a character that you're so familiar with in the game. And that you you recognize like their voice actor, their design and their look and their arc. It's so hard to like throw that in like on a screen and make it work. Uh no, I disagree. <laughs> you know why? Because look at um I'm not saying Cow- it can't be done. Yeah, look at Cowboy Bebop. I don't know what that Do you is. You know what that is? No. It's an anime. That and would be it's why uh, I don't know what it, what it is. Well, Netflix <laughs> is doing a um Netflix is doing a um like a like a live action adaptation of that anime and the set pictures they look way better than this like i know that this i know that the characters look exactly like the cowboy bebop and it's pretty dope so mm. it can be done it's just a matter of the budget you remember yeah. you remember we talked about the budget of them right now remember right we talked about how little the budget is so we pretty much kind of could assume like what we would be getting in regards yeah. to uh quality and uh, what's it called? Uh, hitting the nail on the um, exact adaptation. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. So I don't know. I I'm very torn because the more I look at it, like I I dig the set. Like I I really dig what I'm seeing with like the the dark hallways. You don't know what's around the corner. Like it feel. I don't. It feels very Resident Evil, but at the same time, like the Leon dude just doesn't look. I don't know. He doesn't look like he doesn't Leon. look like yeah, he doesn't look you. like Leon, and that's I guess that's fine. I mean, if they're it's an again, it's an adaptation. That's why I'm I'm trying to be like, okay, don't don't be scared just yet. Like it'll be it. I think it'll be okay. I just I, I hope that it feels like the game, and everything we've heard from the director um, is that it it feels like the game. Like he is trying to make this thing feel like the game did. Um, I'm just a little, I'm a little worried. I, I hope it's, I hope it feels like the game. I really do. I'm sure it will. It's just, you know, set pictures are always hard because again, I don't think that's a legitimate scene in the movie. You know what I mean? 
Probably not. Probably so. Not. It's just it's just you know some pictures really just don't do it justice. I'm sure whenever they do the editing in the in the actual scenes, it'll look ten times better. You know yeah. what I mean? And again, something that we've all often talked about too is. You know, this obviously is probably I mean, if you if you look at Leon and Claire's storyline at Resident Evil 2, um, they're in Raccoon City during the Raccoon City outbreak. But Claire, um, excuse me, if you go to uh, Chris and Wesker and Jill and everybody else like this next picture, this is the, the mansion and the mansion looks really good. I must say uh, the mansion looks dope. It really does uh the the entrance to it and of course this is we're we're not looking at their viewpoint of they're seeing with the stairs and like the different banisters going around um i mean we're seeing the back as soon as they walk in I, i'm assuming this is after their the helicopters down and they're chased by the dogs like through the arclay mountains all the way to the opening of the mansion but we've talked about this before and it's like my, another fear i have with this movie is if this is really going to be the mansion incident from Resident Evil 1, plus all of the Raccoon City outbreak from 2 and 3, there that's a lot to show. That's a lot of uh, content to go that's through. That's a lot of source material. That is. And I'm worried that the fact that they're trying to get through it so quickly, we're not going to get that source material, which is so rich. I mean, you know... The mansion itself is so rich and different, like uh, Resident Evil lore. I mean, it kind of yeah. set up the entire franchise. And for them to just push through the mansion incident kind of like yeah, belittles the entire uh, storyline that could have been told in a much deeper sense if mm -hmm. it had just been the mansion incident. And look, say what you will about Resident Evil. I know some people don't like where it went with four and five and six and even seven and eight now because it, it has Resident Evil's been in a lot of different areas. It's done a lot of different things. But Resident Evil has some of the richest, most in-depth source material of any video game or movie out there. It does. I agree. You yeah, they could I keep agree. making games forever. It can make a plethora of black <laughs> stories and just, you know, different spinoffs. And that's why I there's didn't... so many different spinoffs. I mean, there's a ton of different spinoffs. Yeah, you can make so many different stories on this side. And, and this, uh, you can make so many different stories based on the, the mansion incident, which technically right. they are. But yeah, uh, just like in general with the, with the mansion, you can make so many different stories about it. Yeah. Well, and I mean, so like, obviously, this is Chris, and I did. Also, I'm Chris. I, I think it's that. hilarious. Well, one thing I am glad that they're sticking with, like, like obviously, every single one of them, besides the uh, old boy and the Edge, is carrying like an MP5, which is like the yeah. exact. I think it's the exact gun you get when you it start is. off the game. Yeah. yeah, I think that's pretty dope. Good, good, good job on sticking to that continuity. Uh huh. Um, Chris and Jill look good. I'm assuming the guy on the far left is Wesker. We can't really get a clear look on his face, but I, I'm fairly certain that that's Wesker. I don't think okay. that was Barry. I don't know who this is. It doesn't. It doesn't say. It just says "Welcome to Raccoon City." Um, oh, from yeah. So yeah, from left to right, Albert Wesker, uh, Richard Aiken, Chad. Oh, okay, Richard Aiken. Oh, 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 oh. That's Aiken. Okay, interesting. That's Richard Aiken. 
Jill, and then Chris. Um, and they are in the Spencer Mansion. Okay. So they are, this is like the opening. So I assume this is pretty pretty early on in the movie. You know? Yeah. yeah my original, and we talked about this too a, a little while ago. One of my original thoughts was like maybe maybe the bulk of this movie will take place in the mansion. And then towards the end, we're introduced to Leon and Claire when things kind of start going wrong in Raccoon City. And then, um, like, it, from the from the first Paul W.S. Anderson film, I think my favorite part of that movie is when Alice wakes up. And wakes up, she's in the Umbrella Hospital. We get the Nemesis tease at the end. And then she walks out, and Raccoon City is just freaking gone like it is just obliterated there's like the george romero uh callback with the dead walk the newspapers kind of flown in the wind and she cocks the shotgun and then it's like holy crap this is the raccoon city outbreak that was dope and if they they could do the same kind of thing with that where the majority of the movie is the mansion incident and then at the end is the tip of the iceberg for the raccoon city incident but i don't think they're going to do that because there's too many, like Chief Irons is going to be in this. And Chief Irons is, I believe, I haven't played part two in a long, long time. But I think he's at the very end of that game <laughs> when they run in with police Chief Irons. So, like, I don't, I just, my biggest concern and my biggest question isn't even the characters. It isn't what they're going to do with the the zombies and the, the, um, the creatures. My big concern is, like, when is this going to take place? Like, unless this is going to be a three hour movie, which I don't think it will be. Like you said before, there's a lot of source material to jam pack into this thing. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. So that's my biggest question. And then we had one more screen grab. Who the fuck is that? (laughs) (laughs) That looks nasty, dude. Who the fuck is that? (laughs) Actually, no, I, I probably do. Let me think. I it's, don't know what what enemy this is. Uh, it, it was. Let's uh, see what the um, Lisa Trevor appears. Um, oh, oh shit! A, okay, so fire? that's no, 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 no. I okay. I understand what I this remember. Is now. I, I remember. I remember shooting this bitch. A dozen of times. Okay, in that the Umbrella Chronicles. That's the first time I've read that. I had not seen that um, description before. So that is uh, Lisa or Liza. I forget how you say her name. So she was basically another awful experiment. And I hope they push that too. It's like the whole um, the Umbrella, the illegal experiments. The I, I really hope they push that angle of this too because i mean obviously that is something that we did we got that with um with the the other movies but it kind of veered away it was more about alice yeah we didn't really get it was mainly about them wanting to control alice and i mean she was like superhero you know what i mean these i want to really explore like the i want to explore the failed experiments Yeah, the original, how Umbrella became, how they found the T-virus. Like that description said with with Lisa, Trevor, and the 
um, how they discovered the other variants of the virus to create Nemesis, to create Tyrant, all the stuff with William Birkin, how the Raccoon City outbreak even started. Like, that's the stuff that I really want to explore. Because even in, um, you know, even in, uh, in the, the Paul W.S. Anderson films, we did get the whole, even the outbreak, though, even the Hive outbreak, it was Alice. Because her and her husband were trying to shut Umbrella down. Like, Alice was the focus of that entire thing. Yeah. And this, they really have an opportunity here to pull so many different things into this movie. This could be, like, I'm going to say something here. And it's going to be really, it's going to be really, really bold. Resident Evil has the potential to be a cinematic universe. No. It really does. No. I don't know if it has the fan base to keep it up. Not anymore. I mean, you're losing them with the video games alone. And then the movies probably threw, threw out so much of them, too. I'm just saying it has enough source I think material. the only thing I think the only thing that's really saved the Resident Evil uh, franchise has been the remasters. The remastered versions of <clears throat> the video games. I do want to play those two. I don't know if I'd say it saved it, but I mean, I mean, let's be honest. They were they were kind of like veering like too far. You know what I mean? Like they really they were wasn't... starting to veer pretty far. Yeah, they were they're they're they were stretching too thin, and uh, but I mean, four and five like... were incredibly successful. Yeah, but how long ago was that? A while. Four in two thousand nine. <laughs> Yeah, that was a while ago. <laughs> and then was, 6 came out in 2012. 7 was what, 2017? Yeah. And so then it's, it's been a while. And we haven't heard year. anything about that. It was like it was like the same thing that we were worried with uh, the MCU like it was it, it had just been a year since we've had a Marvel project and we we're like are we going to like lose like this uh drive that we have with uh, yeah. the cinematic universe? Like people people did have that fear. Right. Now with Resident Evil, we are literally uh seven seven no like six or so years without like another like uh project besides obviously the new game that came out but mm -hmm. in regards to a movie and anything to like delve into the actual legitimate franchise yeah it's a little, little, little sketch and the most yeah. most of the fans have just went under underground pretty much because there isn't nothing to be excited for yeah. except for this movie now well, and I don't know. They I, they really have a chance here, especially seeing this. And now that I now that I realize I like what it. I'm, now that I realize what I'm looking at, I'm like, oh, okay. Like I I get it now. Like I get that that's who that is. I do you understand. Think um, do you think that's like kind of CGI, or do you think it's um, it looks CGI? I hope it's a combination. I do. I mean, I, there's going to be CGI, obviously. We've already, I mean, we reported on that. Yeah, but ago. is it, but is but it going to be like heavily CGI? I hope not. I understand for Liquors, for if Nemesis is going to be in it, it, for Tyrant, I get that some of it has to be CGI, but I hope that a lot of it's prosthetics and actual, like, you know, not, not exactly what they did with Thanos, even though Thanos looked incredible. Yeah. But I hope well, that I'm there's not, some I legitimacy gonna... to it. I am gonna flip. Um, Nemesis and uh, Resident Evil uh, Apocalypse. Apocalypse. He looked dope. Looked dope. That he was, was all dope. practical effects. I know oh, people hated looked... that it was Matt and that Nemesis was kind of a good guy at the end. I know, but yeah, because he's not. But supposed he looked to, but... good. 
looked, he looked damn good. Nice. That was yeah. I'm sure I'm sure the I'm sure a bulk of that uh budget went to Nemesis. Yeah, 100 percent That's looked, a lot of prosthetics. I hate to be the guy in all of that prosthetics because he was probably like, get me out of this. When yeah, they were yeah. Done filming. Well, do you do you see okay? So you see how like insane that prosthetic is. Let me tell you, um, I'm sure that was hell because there was a story about uh, Jim Carrey told a story about whenever he was uh, when uh, when Jim Carrey was uh, being make like uh, going through the makeups of uh, the Grinch. Mm-hmm. He said it was like he said it was almost like he was being buried alive with yeah. that alone. It was like the and same he had thing it... with uh, Robert England with Freddy Krueger. Yeah, it was like being buried alive, and it like really takes a toll. So can you imagine something like Nemesis being that thick? And right. like into the thick of all of those prosthetics. Yeah, I can't imagine. Yeah. This I could see like her arms look this looks real. Now, I don't know if this is hair, I don't know if that's blood, if this is like they're shooting. I don't know what I don't know what it is. Um, but two thoughts here. Uh first thought is I like that we're going to it makes me excited that we're gonna explore the experiments. And how dark it is, because let's be completely honest, some of that stuff Umbrella does in the original games is pretty fucked. It's nasty. Like it's yeah. it's get under your skin, creepy crawly, disgusting. And I hope we get that with this movie. Um, second of all, I do hope that there is a, a mixture of prosthetic and um and CGI, <laughs> but I also am thinking realistically here that like I get that. I get that with their. There's obviously going to be a time constraint because, I mean, it's res. Yes, it's Resident Evil, and yes, there's we're a probably going to that are super excited for this. But at the same time, they don't have the time or the budget that Endgame did. You know what I yeah, mean? They don't yeah. have time <clears throat> to make I every would... single villain prosthetic and um mm-hmm. and uh what's the word um practical effects practically done it they're gonna have to do some cgi but i hope it's good cgi i don't want it to be that crappy fantastic four from whenever whatever year that came out cgi because some of that looked god awful so hey man let's be honest some some of the practical effects back then were pretty good i mean look at okay if we're trying to like say we've gone so far in regards to special effects i mean yeah we had thanos but one thing that really did piss me off with like Infinity War and Endgame was um, the use of uh, CGI in that movie. Like you could tell yeah. where they put so much effort into Thanos, and then so little effort in like uh, Banner and the Hulkbuster, and then in I didn't Civil think, War. I didn't think with, Iron uh, Man looked good in either one of those movies, to be honest. In which one? Either one of them. I thought, I mean, I get it because they're doing no, like a no, team, look, but like Iron Man. I didn't think Iron Man looked that like great. fully. No, fully suit up Iron Man and <laughs> Endgame and uh, an Endgame and Infinity War was absolutely dope. It looked great. My only thing is whenever it came to like Tony and uh, when it came to like, t- like him taking off the helmet and just, just being him. Yeah, the CGI was terrible. Like it, it wasn't blended well. Like let's it wasn't be honest. terrible, but it like I could tell. You I could know, tell like, for Iron Man one, two, and three. I felt like wow, this looks like it looks like he's actually in a metal suit of armor. Yeah, Endgame because in like Iron oh, Man, he's in Iron Man two suit of armor. Yeah, in Iron Man two, like it sh- you remember, you remember the diner scene 
I I rewatched the diner scene with uh um yeah. with Nick Fury and and uh, it Tony. It looks legit. It looks legit. It felt like a Pulp Fiction scene in my head for a second Definitely. when they were in the diner and they were talking, and it really had them in like the full uh, regalia. But yeah. obviously, Tony didn't like doing that, so they just gave him the football uh, uniform and just had at it on that one. Right. Which I get it, and they obviously came through. But again, you could tell where the CGI is and how you know half-assed that it was blended. So whenever whenever I'm looking at this. It looks like it looks like those scenes alone. I fear that it's going to be like a cutscene from the video games. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's I, what I, I worry about. I completely I get that. Um so let's read through this article real quick. Let's get to uh Johannes Roberts interview. Um an exclusive email interview with IGN. Roberts elaborated on the differences between his Resident Evil movie and the prior Screen Gems films with starring Milia Jovovich and produced by Paul W.S. Anderson. Okay. Um, let's see. So here is uh, here's the interview. How long is this? Okay. We, we may not read through every bit of it, but um, it'll be on screen, so you can read through it if you, know, if you wish. Um, so IJN asked him, Resident Evil is one of the most commercially successful video game movie franchises ever. Why reboot it instead of continuing it? He said, I actually love the first movie so much. I think it's great. And Milia just created such an iconic character, which is true, but it was its own thing. It wasn't really Resident Evil as I knew it. The previous movies never captured the game and the feelings I got when playing the game. That's not a criticism. I think it just went in a different direction. I wanted to go back to the horror of it all. I wanted scares and atmosphere rather than full on action, which I appreciate that. I get that. Um, I think fans of the game felt the same. They wanted to see the iconic characters and locations and feel that the movie was more in line with the RE game world. So that, so that's really why we chose to go in that direction. We worked hand in hand with Capcom on this movie uh, to the point that we actually got blueprints for them on the designs of the Spencer mansion. That's pretty dope. And the Raccoon city police station in order to recreate them as perfectly as we could. That's dope. Uh, we even have the exact artwork on the mansion walls. Capcom saw it for the first time the other day and was so happy and excited. And that as a nerd made me happy and excited. That's the kind of stuff that makes me happy and excited mm -hmm. to know that they went through that much effort to try and recreate the games. And I mean, I even like, I, again, Resident Evil is part of the thing that got me into horror movies. It's part of what got me into playing video games. Like, Resident Evil was the first video game series that I really, like, went into, like, head first. And I loved it, and I still, to this day, am a huge Resident Evil fan. Um, and there is a very weird, creepy, eerie feeling that you get playing Resident Evil, even to this day. There is. Yeah, I agree. Even when they it's went like, kind of, even when they went strange with four and five and six, you still get that eeriness, you know. I agree, and it well for the the fran the previous franchise of the Resident Evil, it went from like Resident Evil to like kind of Silent Hillish. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Oh yeah, that's kind of the way I, I got it. And right, yeah, again, that was cool. It was cool and groovy. Yeah, I liked it. But in regards to like the actual movie. Like the actual game material, yeah, it was it was kind of like meh. It was like yeah, they definitely went in a different direction, mm -hmm. and uh, I was I was about to say like they went through all this work to make it exactly look like the mansion in Raccoon City 
for a total of probably 40 minute rent screen time. <laughs> and it wasn't, it didn't even really look like the mansion, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm talking about at... this movie. That's what oh, I'm, that's oh, what oh, I'm oh, guessing. Oh, oh. Okay. Like, okay. they went through all this work for probably like 40 or 30 minutes of screen time of the entire movie. I hope not. I'm assuming. See, that's why my biggest concern is, is time because it's like, I, you need to be able to give enough time for the mansion and you need to mm-hmm. be able to give enough time for raccoon city and i'm worried that they're not going to do that it's going to be it's going to be very like boom 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 boom. it's going to be like really really it's going to be like really point fingerish like oh i recognize that oh i recognize that oh i know what that is yeah right so be like it's going to be kind of like a fan service i hope it's not the case i hope it's really not just like a fan service kind of thing i hope they legitimately like make a decent like storyline into it i agree and they have like a cast comparison like there is obviously um kaius Ladario, I'm mm. not sure exactly how you say her name. She's playing Claire. Uh, Kaya. S- I don't know. I'm not even going to try. Scodelario. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Hannah Jill. John Carmen is playing Jill. Um, there's Chris. He looks pretty spot on. I'm not going to lie. He looks yeah, like a Chris. young, a young Chris Redfield. I'm not going to lie. My favorite one is uh, my favorite Chris Redfield is probably uh, five. Five and six. Yep, I love I, him. And five is great. Yeah, um, Tom him and Hopper six playing was pretty. Yeah, uh... Wesker. He looks eh, like Wesker. Yeah. I could. I. Um, he's the one man, and it's nothing against him, man. He, I, from what I've heard, he's a really great actor. Um, but he just doesn't look like Leon to me. He just, he does not at all. All, all I see is just that chill boyfriend for Jade and Victoria. That's all I see. Yeah, he looks like a Wesker, so to speak. Yeah, I could see that, too. Um, He's playing William Birkin, which I could if he grows the hair out longer or if they do a wig or something, I could see him playing Birkin. Like I Mm -hmm. could, you know, I could see that. Um, Neil, Neil, that would be fine. Neil McDonough. He's a pretty good actor. I like him. I like him a lot, too. I saw Um, him in uh, Suits. Uh, Why is she on here? I mean, I I love I love Allie Larder, but why is she in the lineup for this? I don't know. Oh, oh no! They're, they're I guess they're like oh, they're just showing the OGs. Yeah, <laughs> he looks like knockoff Chris. I've I I didn't he his acting was fine, but like the way he looked, it felt very rushed. I thought when I saw his introduction, like it when he was in the cell, I was like, they got Eminem in this movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, he looks he looks like he looks like Eminem's he looks like Eminem's like older cousin. <laughs> is that bad for you to say yeah Yeah. and then this guy is leon he was like with the wheel slim shady please stand up hey Mm. alice what are we uh, yo dog that jacket is three (laughs) sizes too small my man if you lift your arms i'm saying full-on belly button they were trying to make him look like leon in uh resident evil 4 though yeah four um she was a good jill i will say she killed it as jill like yeah. completely killed it. I agree. Um, Sean Roberts was a good Wesker. He was good. He was. So he just had he just had that like uh, that attitude. Yeah. But then like like uh, him as Wesker, it was like a really deep voice. Yeah. And then like in the Resident Evil games, it was a really like high pitched voice. You know what I mean for Wesker? Yeah. Yep. Like yeah, I just think it's really funny. I always think of Wesker in five. Like when when uh, Sheva and Chris are fighting him in five, he's like seven minutes. 
Seven minutes is all I have time to play with you. <laughs> like, <Yeah. what? laughs> it's like how we talked. Um, what, have you seen? Have you okay? Have you played like the Resident Evil like Umbrella Chronicles on Wii? Yes. Yeah, I, I love this. I love the storyline with Wesker. The storyline with Wesker is probably one of my favorites. Yeah, because just the way his his quips in the entire game is fucking mm-hmm. great. It is he's good. like he's he sounds like such an anti-hero even though he is like a villain he's just he just sounds like such an anti-hero to me yeah definitely um so then ign asked how did these incarnations of characters such as jill and leon alter from their versions in the past film or in past films and johannes said uh the difference with this film as opposed to the original movie or the previous movies is that it is an ensemble where each of the main characters carries a huge importance to the narrative okay good um, they are not just cosplay characters. <laughs> Fuck. Is he throwing shade at uh which look man, I look I own all the Paul W. S. Anderson ones. Like I love Resident <sighs> Evil. I love his movies. But if we're being honest, Chris and Leon in the Paul W. S. Anderson movies, if you completely removed them from the movie, nothing would be <laughs> It wouldn't yeah. matter. Like it, yeah. they would, they, it was like a cosplay kind of deal, which I I get that. That's yeah. pretty savage of him to say. Damn. Really Even is. though he says he loves the movies as a yeah. as a whole. Well, here, okay, look, this, this is the, this is the best way I can say it. <laughs> he loved the story with Alice, but as soon as he started bringing the original characters, he was probably like, the "Fuck out of here, man." <laughs> He's yeah. probably like, yeah. He said, "What? What the fuck am I getting? Great value, uh, Chris Redfield." Well, I remember when Leon showed up in what is it? Is it an Afterlife or Retribution? Whichever one Leon shows up in, I was just like, "Where the fuck were you been? Why?" I was like, "What? Like, where did he come from? Like, randomly, it was very strange." Yeah, if you were to introduce him, it would have been like Raccoon City, like an apocalypse. Yeah, that's where he was introduced, was, but no, it was very strange the way they just kind of like threw Leon through him in. in. There. Yeah, yep. Um, Ada had more of a more screen time than Leon did. You know what I mean? Yeah, and whenever, uh, and whenever, uh, whenever Leon saw her, he was like, Ada, Ada. Ada? That was he killed me how he talked because Leon didn't talk like that. Leon's very just like, I don't know. I mean, he he does have like a. He's serious when he talks, but it's not, I don't know. It was just strange. He was very like, Ada, Ada, what are you doing here? Like, it was like bulky bodybuilder type acts. I don't know. It was because Um, that jacket, the jacket was so constricting on his chest. Every time he talked, he was like, Ada. Ada? (laughs) He couldn't talk. What are you doing here? (laughs) Um. He said, I think previously everything had been about the Alice character, which it had, which is not a knock. I like Alice. I like Milia, which was never in the games. And the game characters that did appear, like Jill, uh, Leon, Claire, and Chris, did so in kind of a supporting cameo. Did so as kind of supporting cameos, which they did. Jill and Leon in this movie are equal leads along with Claire and Chris and Wesker, which is dope. I that Again, I'm, I'm feeling better the more I read through this article. Um, Jill was such a fun character to play around with a sort of live wire, small town girl. She's kick-ass, but not in a superhuman way, which is kind of how she is in the, in the games. I mean, she is, you feel scared for her when shit goes down. Hannah and Jill, John Kamen, John Kamen. Yeah. I don't know. 
Han- no, Hannah. Look, I hate myself. Hannah when, John Kamen. Hannah- <laughs> it's all one word. I'm thinking there's two two names. It's one word here. Hannah John Kamen really brought her to life. Leon Kennedy was interesting because in many ways, he was my way into the movie as a writer. I sort of saw the story through his eyes, which is interesting because Leon has nothing to do with the, the mansion incident. No, no. Um, I wanted to move away from the buff action hero that Leon became in the later games and to return to the Leon of his very first rookie incarnation in Resident Evil 2, which is okay. I'm fine with that. Although I do like Leon. I think Leon is probably the strongest character in the games other than Chris. Leon and Chris are the two strongest characters. Yeah. Do you remember, remember that, uh, remember that movie? Uh, I forgot. It was like more recent. There was a scene. The animated movies. Yeah, where I had yeah. like Leon and uh, Chris like fighting mm-hmm. all these zombies. Yo, that scene right there was pretty fucking dope. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and then you know he says about uh, what was I gonna say? Um, in this movie, he's not an action hero. He's slightly out of his depth, very hungover, and he can't believe the shit that's going down on his first day. Um, the events I of forget this film that that was create... his first day, man. Yeah, it was. It was like his first, like his entry to being a cop was the Raccoon City outbreak, um, which is cool. You know what I really liked is Resident Evil Outbreak. You want to talk about the atmosphere, man. Resident Evil Outbreak really captured that atmosphere because oh, that's literally, and that that was a cool concept for a game too because literally the opening of the game is dope. It has this whole terrifying like opening cut scene where it's like showing basically everything leading up to the Raccoon City incident. And then... Like, it's showing, like, the Umbrella Soldiers fighting Tyrant in the sewers and stuff and rats going. And then it goes up and you're you're outside of Jay's Bar. <laughs> That's what it's called in Raccoon City. And literally, the group of characters you play as is just a bunch of people who happen to be sitting in a bar at the same time when the outbreak started. And it's, like, Damn. you can switch off between different characters. and it's And it's still got, like, the weird third-person camera angles where like you can't see what's around the corner and stuff it was cool um it it was a really cool uh it was a really cool game there's johannes roberts he is the uh the director he is Um, the man uh let's let's read i'm not gonna read all of this um what is what what i keep saying john carpenter what's going on with him I think it was um I think his movies were kind of an inspiration for the aesthetic. So like the aesthetic of Halloween, the aesthetic of Escape from New York, um, the fog. Like I think that's kind of the aesthetic they're going for with this, which is cool because John Carpenter movies do have a very specific look and feel to them, you know? Mm-hmm. Which is pretty cool, and I dig that. Um so let's just read a couple more of these. So can you define what your visual aesthetic was for the film in terms of differentiating with what audience have seen in past Ari movies? Um, he said this movie really had nothing to do with the previous franchise. That was all about returning to the games and creating a movie that was much more a horror movie than a sci-fi action movie. And that is great. I love that. Um, I was hugely influenced in a particular by the remake of the second game. And I really wanted to capture the atmosphere drenched tone that it had it was so cinematic. The previous movies were bright and shiny, whereas this movie was dark and grimy, entirely shot at night. It's constantly raining, and the town is shrouded in mist. And I dig that, too. That's really cool. 
Um, I was very influenced by 70s filmmaking techniques. We shot using zooms a lot, and there were no drone shots in the movie or crazy CGI camera shots that are physically impossible. Oh, man. What? It would have been cool to have a drone shot of Raccoon City just going to shit. Yeah, of like just all hell breaking loose. Yeah. Like in the streets and in buildings. That would have been cool. Um, the movie has a very old school retro feel to it. I was hugely, oh, we just read that. Um, you can really feel the te- the texture in this movie. Nothing feels high tech. It feels dilapidated. I want Raccoon City to feel a bit like the town in Deer Hunter. I'm not familiar with Deer Hunter. A ghost town forgotten by the rest of the world. And the whole structure of the film was definitely very influenced by Assault on Precinct 13. So he's obviously very... You know, he's very Carpenter. Um, you know, he's he's Carpenter influenced. Um, talking about the creatures, he said, we returned to the game wherever we were, looking at the characters and creatures and locations. It was our guiding star. Um, they worked very closely with Capcom. Um, every character and creature is from the game, and as such, I wanted to be as faithful as possible. I wanted to create a truly immersive feeling for the fans, but that also became the trick. But that also became the trickiest part of that of adapting a piece of IP um, like this because I didn't just want to put the game on screen. It had to be its own thing with living, breathing characters and creatures, and of course, zombies uh, that felt true to the world. There's some cool shit in there. I mean, some of the creature stuff looks incredible. It was a mixture of prosthetics. Okay, there, there we go. Prosthetics, CGI, and creature performers. Thumbs up for me. Agreed. Big old thumbs up for me. Um, there's some wonderfully freaky stuff in there. You'll ima- you'll immediately recognize the creatures from the game, but hopefully we've gone beyond the game in terms of making these terrifying creatures feel like they could really, or feel like they really could exist in real life. That's cool. Um, that makes me really excited. So he talked about casting Leon and Jill. Um the creature designs, which we kind of just talked about pretty much all of the same exact, um, pretty much all the same exact things we've been talking about. So I don't know this, our little therapy, our little resident evil therapy session has made me feel a lot better about it. When I first okay. saw those pictures, I was like, yeah, at face value is sounded. I was pretty, like, uh, I don't sketch. know, but I think they really do have an appreciation for the source material. Yeah. Um, and I think they really are going to try to make it as true to the game as they can. So. I agree, too. My only thing is, again, it's just the time. I don't want to feel rushed into this thing. Mm-hmm. I want to sit down and enjoy the show. I don't want to be, like, put on a roller coaster. Because, again, roller coasters are, like, they're fun. But then, like, by the time it's over, you're like, well, what the fuck just happened there? Yeah. yeah. It's like It's like it hits you really, really, really hard, and then it's just over. And yeah. I want it to lead somewhere. Like, again, mm-hmm. I, they're, they won't. This will never happen because there's not enough of a... I don't want to say there's not enough of a fan base because Resident Evil has a huge fan base. But there's not enough of the total movie-going population that is going to want a Resident Evil cinematic universe. Mm-hmm. But there's enough source material there that they could do it. And um, I just really hope that... Uh, I, I don't know. I really hope that they give it the the attention it deserves. So I will post that article if you want to finish reading um, those last couple of questions from uh, IGN to the director, Johannes Roberts. Uh, I'll post it in the comments below if you're watching on YouTube. And I'll also tweet it out, too, if you're listening on Spotify. So um, 
where you want to head next? I remember the other topics. <laughs> I know. We actually talked a lot about Resident Evil a lot more than we I did. thought we would. We really did. Um, I didn't expect that to take that long. Uh, DC fandom or Texas Chainsaw? And these shouldn't these shouldn't be quite as involved. Uh, let's do DC fandom. No, All let's right. do Texas. Texas? Yeah. All right. Let's check out uh, Texas Chainsaw. So earlier this week... First of all, let me let's let's rewind a little bit. We I want to talk about the Texas ago, Chainsaw Massacre, dude. A while ago, when um, when Texas Chainsaw twenty twenty one got its official rating, its official MPAA rated R rating, um, we did a whole update on that, and we were talking about it. And part of what we were talking about is it was like, where is any info on this movie? Like, there was nothing. Nothing. Not like I, we were dang we were under the assumption that it just wasn't going to happen like it just fell through the cracks. Well, and I I didn't think it fell through the cracks, but I was like, man, something must really be going down with this. Something must have gone wrong with COVID with Leatherface the studio. COVID. I mean, it was just like I mean, there was just there was nothing about it. We we found out that the original um Sally was going to be in the movie, which is cool, but kind also kind of like what why why so yeah. what we know is that this will be a sequel to the original 1973 texas chainsaw massacre um we will get the original final girl sally in it she's an older woman now we know nothing about the story we know nothing about the plot we've got there's a website with no information on it we've gotten a poster that's about it but now new information it's heading to Netflix. <laughs> Why? Why? You know, you know, um, I know, uh, I know Disney has Marvel. I know HBO has DC. And like, honestly, man. It kind of makes sense for Netflix to want to delve into like just it being having horror. You know what I mean? A lot of the horror on Netflix sucks, though. Yeah, but <laughs> I think it's kind of like. Honest. I think it's like. Uh, I think they're trying. I think it would be dope for them to delve into the horror one. It instead of a streaming, a new streaming service coming back, mm-hmm. and or just coming out and trying to do its own horror stuff, but like Shutter, yeah. Because Shutter really isn't catching any leeway. Honestly, I had I I had Shutter for about a week, and I looked through it, and I was like, mm. like there was nothing that I, I mean I was I watched a few things, but there was nothing that really like like I, I canceled my subscription. I was like I don't know. I it just it didn't really speak to me. Yeah, um, I wasn't I think, that wild about it. I think this move may hint the fact that Netflix may want to delve into like more of a horror genre ish kind of in there. They want their uh, catalog to have more <laughs> horror just yeah. so it can like you know pull as many people back in because I know right. they're getting a lot of Sony projects so that's cool they are but they also need more so I mean they, they could just they could just delve into the whole uh, horror aspect well that could be a reason because originally this was supposed to be a big screen film this mm-hmm. was not going to be a streaming movie mm-hmm. um I think your thoughts that could very well be maybe true. Netflix is trying to branch out. They're trying to get some of these bigger horror IPs to build up their horror collection. My fear is that, uh, hello. My fear is that this was incredibly like the test screenings that we heard about 
were terrible. Everybody that was at the test screenings for this movie were like, "It's that's fucking great." They said I'm it so was sorry. awful. Now I don't. I know nothing about those test screenings, other than the fact that everything I have heard about it was that it was awful. Um, I was really hoping that this thing would kind of break the the Texas Chainsaw Massacre curse because let's be completely honest all of the sequels to the original one except for the 2003 remake have been dog water dog water they haven't been very they good. haven't and been I, good it doesn't mean i don't like them it doesn't mean i don't watch them texas chainsaw 3d was fun for what it was but it was cheesy it was mm-hmm. super cheesy and i actually <laughs> i sent miguel a picture of a flow chart of all of the like the the, um, the continuity of the Texas Chainsaw you, he, movies, he he could not have explained me the whole uh, continuity stuff if it had not been for that fucking picture you sent me. Miguel texted me back and he was like, "That is the most convoluted thing I've ever <laughs> seen in my entire life." <laughs> well, it's yeah. like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Reboot sequel to the original, then actual sequel to the original, then another sequel to the original, and then there's the remake, and then there's a prequel to the remake, and then there's another sequel to the original, and then there's another sequel. I mean, it's just like, what? It doesn't make any sense. Like, at least Halloween and Friday the 13th, like, they at least stuck with it for a few movies and then changed routes. This thing is just like, sequel, prequel, sequel, sequel to the original, remake, sequel to the original. It's just, it's all over the place. It doesn't make any sense. Um... So let's read through this thing because uh, w- let's read it and then we'll talk about it. We'll, we'll, we'll read it and then we'll talk about it. Um, a surprising move that was announced at the start of this week, the upcoming Fede Alvarez produced Texas Chainsaw Massacre, a decades later sequel to Toby Hooper's original classic. We've been told is not being released in theaters by Legendary as planned, but rather the film is bringing Leatherface exclusively to Netflix. The streaming service has picked up global rights to the franchise's return, meaning Leatherface is headed to the small screen. Um, Directed by David Lou Garcia, yada, yada, yada. It'll be the first one since 2017. Um, Oh, I forgot. There was that. There was Leatherface, which was like a directed, it was a direct TV movie. Um, I haven't seen that. Um, Really? So it's, you know, I didn't see the, the direct TV one. I didn't see that. Um, well, almost everything going on in the movie industry right now can be considered pandemic fueled a, a pandemic fueled anomaly rather than the new normal. Multiple big time horror franchises are currently planning for streaming debuts in the months and years ahead. Miguel, you might be right, dude. That's true. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense for Netflix to delve into like the horror aspect because honestly, like Netflix can't get a hold of any other um, big franchise, so to speak. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, the only thing they have left is just to delve into the horror genre, which obviously, as I've learned from starting this podcast, that the horror uh, fandom is extremely dense. Not mm-hmm. dense in the sense of dumb, but just dense. Like, there's a lot of you. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a good, uh, it's a good, uh, it's a good, uh, Avenue to go through. I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, yeah. Like I hope, I hope it doesn't, I hope they do good in it, but I hope they don't just end up like a, 
I don't just don't hope they don't end up like Shutter, where it's just a bunch of like half quality movies. You know what I mean? Me too. I yeah. hope so too. Um, the next installment in the Evil Dead franchise, Lee Cronin's Evil Dead Rise, is expected to go straight to HBO Max sometime next year. Um, there's a new Hellraiser series coming to, or a new Hellraiser film, excuse me, coming to Hulu. There's going to be Paranormal Activity and Pet Cemetery uh, movies or TV shows coming to Paramount Plus. Like, this is not going to be. This isn't a one-time thing. It looks like this is streaming services with horror franchises. Um, which kind of sucks, you know what I mean? Because you know, yeah, one of the best things about horror, a good horror movie, is whether it's in like in a theater in the IMAX and you actually feel the intensity and the right. fear surrounding you. That's pretty mm-hmm. dope. And if they're if they're all just gonna go to streaming, you kind of you kind of lose that horror aspect. I'm sure, I'm sure horror fran- fans and directors of horror movies are gonna be upset with that notion of a lot of their movies being sent to streaming. I hope that's not the case because again, a good horror movie will absolutely slap. Oh yeah. Especially the, on the big theater. screen. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I forgot about the alien and Chucky TV series that are going to be going to, going to be coming too. Um, I thought you so, were like saying they were mashing them up. I was like, what? No, 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 no. Um, when it was announced that Evil Dead Rise was going to be an HBO Max movie, many horror fans had the same reaction that they had this week when Leatherface's impending return was announced for Netflix. Understandably, many still view direct-to-streaming as the death knell for franchises, as well as a bad sign when it comes to studio faith in the product. But the days of direct-to-video began being a dirty term are largely behind us in 2021. That's, Even if that's horror true. Fans, right. It is true. Um, even if horror fans will probably be forever wounded by franchises like Pumpkinhead, Return of the Living Dead, and Hellraiser, just to name a few, being completely killed off by low-budget direct-to-video sequels that were never able to even approach the quality of the theatrical offerings. There was a time, indeed, when the franchise taking or take excuse me taking the direct-to-video approach all but ensured that it wasn't just wasn't a viable property anymore. But can that really be said at a time when some of the best horror movies in any given year are being released in theaters, but at home? It's an interesting thought, man. And I think, is, this but is... I think we need to, I think, I think we do need to like talk a little bit about the direct to streaming thing because it's also like, yeah, it's that used to be like a, um, a really like, taboo kind of or like it was just like a end to the movie kind of thing like you know that that just kills the movie right there if it goes mm-hmm. direct to streaming but nowadays thanks to the streaming service it kind of like made going direct to direct uh direct to streaming uh popular again true yeah i would agree with that that is true um, so direct to streaming to be sure is a whole different world than direct to video. And as the landscape t- continues to evolve, it's only natural that we're going to have to start looking at things in a different way with the pandemic still raging in the U S and a large portion of the population refusing to get vaccinated. Damn, bloody disgusting. Throw in the, throw the shade. Uh, it makes all the sense in the world for a movie like TCM to forego a theatrical release right now and for legendary to instead sell the finished film to netflix for what is surely a hefty sum of money right out of the gate a bad sign for the quality of the movie you ask let's not forget that lee janik's fear street trilogy originally planned as a theatrical release instead uh 
went direct to Netflix earlier this summer and horror fans by and large ate it up with glee. And that is true. Um, Fear Street was extremely successful and I, I still haven't watched it yet. Um, but I heard it was really, really well done. Um, I That's another question that I had is about, you know, Bloody Disgusting says they have a hefty, like it was sold to Netflix for a hefty sum of money. How much money? Usually when you hear, when there's, <clears throat> like I'm trying to think, even when Blumhouse got Halloween, I think there was like, there was a price attached. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm almost worried that because the film did so badly in test screenings, they were worried about how much money it would make at the box office. Um, so, so it's they... almost like, how much money did they sell it to Netflix for? Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. I just, I don't know. It's, it's a little scary. Um, I'm going to skip through some of this. I want to get to the point here. Um as a theatrical release, a movie needs to make a healthy financial profit to be considered successful enough to warrant a sequel. As a streaming release, it merely needs to be viewed by a lot of subscribers. And I think that right there is the thing that um, that's really the big player here is with with choosing not to release it in the theaters, they don't have to worry about the box office. They don't have to worry about it making a certain amount of money to make their money back. The fact that Netflix owns this movie now and that they are the ones that are going to dictate moving forward what, you know, if there's a sequel to it, you know, whatever. um, It just needs to be viewed by a lot of people. Yeah, I agree. It's easier. Um and like you had said, uh, this kind of goes on to say, if the studios play their cards right, streaming could very well result in a new golden age for franchise horror content. As, a more, as more streaming services pop up that need more and more original content, that'll encourage new subscribers to sign up. There's a good chance that means more and more franchise content is on the way. Um, we're not going to read the whole the rest of that article just because it's, it's a lot of the same crap. Um, but I don't know, man. I, I'm I'm nervous for this movie. I'm nervous that we haven't heard anything for a movie that's been filmed. Oh, for I'm nervous. A year. I'm not nervous about it at all. I just know it's going to suck then. Because the I think test it screenings are will really suck. bad. And you know, test screenings are kind of a double-edged sword because it's like it's focus groups. You know what I mean? That's basically what it is. They 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 sell this movie to fo- or not sell it to literally, but I mean they they choose specific people that are in these test screenings. So it's like, I mean, it could, uh, it could go either way. I mean, a lot of the test screenings for Halloween or, um, you know, uh, for example, the test screenings for Halloween kills were incredible, Mm -hmm. but Halloween kills could still turn around and suck. I don't think it will, but I mean, and this, the same could go for this. The test screenings for TCM could have been terrible, but the movie's actually great. It's but like then the, you have, but then you have the test screen for the Batman, and people will absolutely fucking love it. That's fair. But like the test screenings really do put in a lot of factors. I have not heard of a test screening where they hated it, and then it ended up being good. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think, I think the problem is studios use test screenings. Like I guarantee you that test screening is part of what dictated this going to Netflix and this yeah. selling this movie to netflix 
Yeah, because I'm sure they had terrible test screenings and they were like, wow, we're not going to make any money back. So we got to get rid of this thing. I'm yeah. sure that that's my fear. Um, and that almost I, it's my fear is that if the studio doesn't have faith in it. Yeah, know, it's like if the studio doesn't have faith in this thing, it's like, why should we? Um, yeah, exactly. And I mean, I'm I think TCM is in it, it deserves a good sequel. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I wasn't really that much of a fan of it. I'm sure there's plenty of you guys that really that really want it. I think I get why you guys are so excited for it because, again, look at the fucking um, continuity stuff you guys have. You guys have your your lineup is just so everywhere, off the wall, in different directions. Like you, you want something that's like directly. Uh, it's like a direct sequel to it, and it's actually good. Fortunately, yeah. sounds like it, guys. I'm sorry, it doesn't sound like it's going to be that. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, so I'm. I will. I'll post that article. I know we didn't get to the whole. Um, we didn't get to the whole thing. Uh, in this episode, um, because we still have one more. We have one more to get through, and that won't take too too long. We're gonna look through the uh, the DC fandom, um, the the lineup for DC fandom on October 16th. But I will post that article in the in the comments below. Um, let us know what you think about TCM going straight to Netflix because my didn't look too good. Not sure, not sure. I'm scared. I'm scared, Miguel. I'm nervous. I'm very uh, nervous. as you should, as you should, <laughs> as, I, as I should be. Test screenings were terrible, uh, and for real though, my we haven't heard anything. Like, there's not a synopsis. There's not a teaser trailer. There's not. I mean, honestly, most people probably don't even know that this thing is happening. Yeah, not many people do. They if you if don't you even didn't, know that it's gonna be if a thing. you didn't tell me, if we didn't talk about that and like movies we were excited to see in twenty twenty one, I would not have known. Yeah. So. so I don't know. We'll have to see. So, real quick, before we get out of here, let's check out the lineup for DC fandom um, on October sixteenth. Uh, we're not gonna read through this article. I just wanna get to um, the lineup of what is going on when. So last year during the pandemic, obviously DC fandom, um, Blumfest, uh, what what was uh, like the Disney Expo uh, D23, um, all of these film movies and film expos are becoming really popular. And I think especially now that we're at, the state of the that the world is in the state that it's in right now with the pandemic i think these are going to keep happening don't you yeah i think I they're think not so. going anywhere um so dc fandom is supposed to happen on october 16th it's starting at 10 a.m pacific time um and there is this is the lineup basically this is what we got um so there is going, let me make sure there's not days and times. I didn't think there was. Uh, so this is what we're going to get with DC fandom. There will be an exclusive new trailer for the Batman, which mm-hmm. we talked about this. And was it, let's talk movie news that we talked about this, Miguel, the it Batman. Was our, it was one of our last videos. Yeah. Yeah. It was one of the last shows we did. We talked briefly about the Batman. I know there was a new trailer for that shown at CinemaCon, which I would assume will be this trailer that we'll get in October. Mm-hmm. Uh, and apparently the the content for the Batman that they had at CinemaCon freaking blew people's minds. Like, it was incredible. 
and I know they just had the test screenings for the Batman. And I mean, this movie, from everything that we are hearing about the Batman, is that it is arguably the best Batman film of all time. And that it's also nasty dark. <laughs> like, yeah, that's what makes it so interesting. Joker. Yeah. Like I said, with the test screening, people fucking loved it. So they, they like said, it's like pretty much like close, if not better than uh, Christian Bale's oh, yeah. Batman. Definitely. Um, so well, there's going to be DC League of Super Pets. Don't really care. Um, there'll be the first trip. I assume it says first look at Black Adam. I assume that we will get a trailer for Black Adam since that has wrapped filming. And I mean, we still. Have I think another... we'll probably just get like set photos and all that stuff, like legitimate set photos. Do you think we'll get a teaser trailer? No. Really? I think we'll probably we'll probably we'll probably get like you know not even a teaser, just like a a title title tease. Mm. Well, yeah. and I mean, I I don't know. I could see a teaser trailer for Black Adam, and it says a sneak peek of the Flash. I could see a teaser trailer for the Flash and Black Adam. Because specifically, this comicbook.com article says behind the scenes looks at Aquaman and, uh, and Aquaman in the Lost Kingdom and Shazam Fury of the Gods. So I'm sure they don't have trailers or they won't be ready for a trailer or a teaser trailer reveal. Um, well, it, that'll probably just be like sizzle reel behind the scenes content like, you know, images, things like that. Um, so the let's uh television so the tv stuff there'll be a sneak peek for the peacemaker series on hbo max um uh i guess there's a new aquaman i'm assuming aquaman king of atlantis and batman cape crusader are animated shows most likely yeah wouldn't you think i would think yeah. all of these television ones batwoman or um excuse me Doom Patrol, Titans, Harley Quinn, Young Justice Phantoms. I, I assume they're all going to be animated series, which I must say, I mean, we, you and I have our opinions on the DCEU and what Warner Brothers has done with that, but their animated series kick ass. They do. They're really, really good. Um, and then, of course, there's like the CW stuff, like The Flash, Batwoman, Superman, and Lois. Never really got into them. They didn't look that great Superman to me. and Lois is like really getting a lot of... Um... Uh, talk because it's like a really good iteration of Superman. It's like since we lost really? Henry Cavill, Superman and Lewis, Lois are probably one of the it's probably one of the best CW uh, shows out there right now. Hmm. I have I've heard good things. I just I haven't really I don't even know if we have CW to be completely honest. Mm. Um, and there were a whole bunch of comic reveals. I don't really know much about the DC comics that are out at least right now. So I mean I I can't really unless. You can. I can't really comment on the comic book stuff just because I don't really know. Well, I haven't read much of the much of the comics for, uh, like, say, Legends of Tomorrow. I don't know much about them. I don't know much about Stargirl or Supergirl. Uh, I don't even know who Naomi is, so I'm sorry, guys. Out of the loop right there. Um, but what I am kind of excited about is the video game stuff. There are... Uh, there are well, we know we know about these two games right, right here. We know about them, but to see a legit trailer for Gotham Knights and for Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League will be dope because I think they're both part of the whole Arkham, Arkham, uh, Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, Arkham. No, I know, I know. Gotham Knights is a direct uh, sequel from. 
uh, the Arkham series. I don't know about Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad is a, it's a spinoff. It's not really a sequel, but it is a spinoff of that series. Oh, okay. So that'll be cool. I am, excited, I mean, I am excited for Gotham Knights, though. It is, it is going to be interesting. Yeah, that'll be those will be really, really cool. Um, I did enjoy Arkham City. I, I played through Arkham City a few times. I really, I really it enjoyed many that times game. Account, yeah. It's and great... Arkham Knight, the last one, I didn't really get to. Uh, I didn't get to play art. What, what, what was it? Arkham Knight? It was Arkham Knight. Yeah. Was that the last one? I didn't get to play that one, um, but it was pretty cool. So, I mean, like the highlights for DC fandom, the Batman black adam the flash that those are the three that i guess i'm really really excited about would you agree the batman is the highlight man like i am so excited for that movie and i was kind of on the fence about the whole robert pattinson thing but it's like the more and more i've thought about it and the more and more i've heard about the batman i'm kind of like okay okay yeah (laughs) like i'm down We're, we're gonna see how this plays out guys definitely um so that's it (laughs) that's a wrap for episode 37 uh highlights miguel dc fandom what are you most excited for i'm excited for the video games obviously the batman and uh, i'm not too uh fond of the tv shows so it's a shame to say for me to say like i'm not really excited for them i'm sure if i got into it like i'm sure i'll love like maybe one or two um I just know I just keep hearing things about like the TV shows becoming more and more like half quality. I keep hearing things about the Flash, and uh, like really like not quality, that like, like the CGI mm. itself. It's really mm. Power Ranger ish, and I'm like, I'd rather not. <laughs> it's really Power Ranger supposedly. That's so funny. yeah. We're just gonna we're just gonna see. I'm excited for what uh, DC fandom has to show us. But yeah, the TV yeah. series and all that stuff. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'll it. be interesting. Um, but guys, I think that is going to do it for episode 37 of Let's Talk Movies. We talked about a lot tonight. We talked about Resident Evil far more than I thought we would. That was like a 40 minute conversation. Um, but there's a lot to talk about there, too. So let us know. I will post these articles uh, in the comments on YouTube and I will tweet them out later today. Um, so please let us know what are your expectations for Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City Uh, what do you think of Texas Chainsaw Massacre moving to Netflix are you worried does it make you excited because they can do whatever they want what are your thoughts and then what are you most excited to see from DC fandom it was another kind of hodgepodge episode thank you so much for tuning in with us Uh, this is our new platform this is our new look hope you all like it Um, new episodes of let's talk movies and let's talk movie news drop every single Monday and Friday at 8 PM Eastern standard time. We're available on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. We are also on Spotify and all of the other podcast platforms. Find (laughs) find us on Twitter and Instagram. (laughs) We talk the movies. Thanks so much, guys. We'll talk to you later. See ya.